0: It's been ages since
1: we did this. I know, I always kind of forget what I'm
0: doing. Yeah, yeah. Well, to be fair, I've had COVID. Yeah, I know. Yeah, But, that, I, think, but I felt really bad because you, you said that uh, you were to go for this one. I was, yeah, you? I was super
1: excited. I went on oh. a, the, the uh, Tom Cruise binge, and I think the last, there was a point where I'd watch all the Mission Impossible films, um, A Few Good Men and Oblivion for the one shot. I went to see Top Gun Maverick.
0: Oh, did you like it?
1: It's fantastic.
0: Okay, it it is. it's that really is good. really good. I'm
1: and That's I say that with yeah. someone who who wasn't like a. Um, well, I've seen the original. It doesn't really have a. It didn't take my breath away. Oh. Are you gonna bark all day? This is a tasty burger.
2: I am just a figment of your imagination. Here's
1: Johnny. You are a sad, strange little man. These guys were it
0: Did you notice what special day it is? It is Tom Cruise's birthday. It is happy 60th, Tom.
1: Happy 60th, and I'm pleased the one shot got out before his birthday.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. See, weirdly enough, he was born on the 3rd of July. Yes, yes. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure no one's made that joke. No. But yes, at time of recording. It is Tom Cruise's 60th birthday, and I wish him a genuinely happy birthday. Yes, and may he keep making really.
1: many more action-packed films for years
0: to come. Yeah, 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 dude, seriously. And don't, you know, we'll, we'll give you a pass on the whole cake thing for now. You enjoy cake on your birthday, and then maybe when it comes to Jesus's birthday, you can send us some cake. We're never going to get that cake, Rod. Probably not.
1: Okay. Hello and welcome, you're listening to the Popcorn Bucket Podcast with Ben and Rob. This is a regular look at the wonderful world of films, film franchises and film nonsense. This week is a Franchise Fatigue episode, in which we take a franchise and look at the high points, the low points and everything in between to sort the perfect puffs of popcorn from the sad style bits at the bottom of the bucket. This week we are continuing our look at the Mission Impossible franchise as we look at the three named entries, Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation and Fallout
0: yes yes exciting and it is exciting because i was i was really looking forward to getting to these yes the the, the first three they're, they're worth talking about but it's it's when it gets into the named ones that we we really start cooking with gas it is a bit like uh, you know Salmon peg is a
1: is a, well, he's a mainstay of the franchise now, but in mm-hmm. space, he had that bit about As sure as eggs follows eggs, day is night. No, sorry, As sure as eggs is eggs, day follows night, and every, every other Star Trek movie is rubbish. Yeah. I, I like a, a sort of cinematic rule like that. Like every other Daniel Craig Bonds film was really good. Um, and with Mission Possible, anything with a name is brilliant. Yeah.
0: Yeah he's hoping that it continues with uh, dead reckoning parts one and two indeed but, uh, but yeah no I, I, having having watched these having having kind of like sort of mainlined them next year can't come soon enough now no I was quite disappointed when they moved it back here because it's supposed to be out this month i think or, or
1: this summer anyway
0: yeah yeah but uh but unfortunately not but uh they can take their time take their time. And uh, and I saw that Chris McQuarrie tweeted out a birthday thing for Tom Cruise today. Was hanging off a biplane whilst it's yeah. spinning upside down? Yeah, insane. Do you think it was a crunchy biplane that was
1: always used in the nineties? Uh, do you know it
0: could be? Who knows? What the hell? Why are we talking about biplanes? Oh yeah, because Tom Cruise. um <laughs> Uh, I, dude, I'm I'm still a little bit out of it. Like I, I'm I, I'm gonna lose my train of thought more than I usually do.
1: There's gonna come a point where we're talking in this episode where we'll probably discuss how Tom Cruise carried on filming with a broken ankle, carried on running on a broken ankle, and mm. you can't sit down and talk about a
0: film. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm a pussy compared to Tom Cruise. That's that's fine. Yeah, his work ethic is much better than mine. Well, that was never in doubt. Yeah, but he got he got mad about the possibility of COVID in that leaked audio. I keep referencing, Um, so you know he didn't want it to happen to him either. So maybe you should lay off.
1: I mean, the listeners won't know this. You might know this, not know this either, but that was a little bit of payback for me saying that because years and years and years ago, you and I went to a New Year's Eve party and I was a little worse wear the next morning and you said I'd make a rubbish action hero because John McLean could walk around a building in barefoot and broken glass.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you wouldn't make a good John McLean.
1: No, no. Although it depends. One to three, definitely not. The rest of them, probably. Anyway, talking of good films, let's talk about a good film.
0: Yes, let's talk about a good film. Go on, Rob, give us the facts about Ghost Protocol.
1: Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, released in 2011. Directed by Brad Bird, written by Josh Applebaum and Andre Nemec. Starring Tom Cruise, Jeremy Renner, Simon Pegg and Paula Patton. Music by longtime friend of the podcast, Michael Giacchino.
2: Mmm.
1: The IMF is shut down when it's implicated in the bombing of the Kremlin, causing Ethan Hunt and his new team to go rogue to clear their organisation's name. Hilarity ensues. It
0: does. Yes, well, the, there's nothing politically charged about bombing the Kremlin. No. So, yeah, this one, I, I, cards out on the table, stall laid out bare for all to see, nothing up my sleeves. This movie fucking rocks. Generally, thought you are going to go a different way with that, then. <laughs> no, no, I like being positive as well, and no, this is a really, really good movie. Yes,
1: this is the first. I think it was the first one I saw at cinema. First Mission Impossible film I saw at the cinema.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I think mine too. I think I saw this at the IMAX. This is one of the first movies I saw in IMAX, and uh, when when. Uh, it got to the burj khalifa bit and you get the shot out the window looking down i swear my stomach did a backflip it did it it did it for me in like a normal cinema i know it's fancy yeah. you with your imax but yeah. <laughs> yeah but it is it is properly vertigo reducing. and and i think it was because there was like sort of increased resolution as well cuz that was one of the sort of imax kind of wow kind of shots you know that and that holy crap that yeah, I, I, felt, I felt a little bit queasy uh, during that thing, which, you know, all added to
1: it. Well, apparently, it, uh, Brad Bird wanted it shot in IMAX because it's more, it offers the viewer more emotion because of the brighter, high-quality image, and it would bring back a sense of showmanship to the presentation of Hollywood films.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, pretty much all the, all the kind of directors I really think are cool lean into the whole IMAX thing. So it's... Uh, there's got to be something in it, and uh, and yeah, I love it. I mean, I've I've booked to see Thor. I'm seeing Thor at the IMAX. Nice. Thursday. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's beside the point. Ghost Protocol. Uh, it's got Sawyer from Lost in it. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, that opening sequence. I think it's it's kind of a masterstroke casting someone like him, uh, Josh Holloway, because um, he's recognisable and you do you do kind of feel sympathy for him immediately. There, there's empathy there. You want to see him succeed, and then Leia Sadu comes up and ruins everything. She does. I know. So, so yeah. So that I think that it, it, that's a really really effective opening, and the fact that it. We have sympathy for him, but obviously we don't like her very much afterwards because she does a bad thing. Perhaps
1: perhaps that was the secret that Daniel Craig was talking about in Bond. Quite possibly. Everyone has
0: a secret. We just didn't get yours yet. You shot yeah. Sire from Lost. Exactly. Exactly. After he did a cool rooftop escape and throwing down a, a jump pad thing. And yeah. So prison break dude so yeah then ethan's in jail i like him throwing the rock before the
1: prison, before
0: I, the prison well I was wondering like because he seems to bounce off two walls and then catch it yeah he must be throwing the rock pretty hard well yeah and and i like the fact it's got its own little knock in the in the wall that he, he keeps it there but yeah yeah and you yeah, put it back for like, the next person <laughs> yeah, well, it's some it's some great escape shit. He he really likes the great escape. He references it quite a lot. to absolutely Cruise In in chats with him that I've had um he he mentioned it. Yeah. But uh but yeah. So obviously that's a that's a great escape reference with the bouncing it off the thingy. But uh and he's so gay again. He's his his Russian alias is so gay. Yes, yes.
1: I thought he was in another film, wasn't he? Yeah.
0: Yeah, but I, what I like about this is it sets up the team dynamic pretty instantly, uh, with all all of them sort of working to make sure that Ethan Hunt can do Ethan Hunt stuff. Yeah, that's true. He does some great silent acting, like sort of when he. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing that the, the the team dynamic really comes through as well, and I I I love how sort of stressed Benji gets. Because he's just kind of like, no, I'm not doing it. Fine, we're waiting, we'll wait. And then, yeah, Tom Cruise it, it does some good good kind of comedic eyebrow raising and threatening him with his fist and all that. It's a fantastic sequence. And yeah. obviously, ain't that a kick in the head? Yeah. yeah. I like that he Very sort of stays,
1: to- there's a jailbreak going on. He just stays there until he hears the song.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's like, OK, what's my cue.
1: I like the uh, the sort of dive he does off the um, off one devil onto another,
0: just as the music starts. Mm. Yeah, it's a it's a very very good sequence and fun. Yes. Super fun as well, and and I think, I think that whole uh, intro thing, like him, you've got it, it's it's an effective opening because you've got, Ethan being cool and awesome, but also deviating from the plan almost immediately. To get bogged on. Yes um you've got you know everyone doing the thing that you've got Paul Patton under the uh in the sewers with the with the machine that makes holes it's like a drill but it's not so it, it it kind of refreshes you on people's roles and and what what kind of part they will be playing in the whole thing it's a very very efficient opening and uh and then we get like the fuse into the Interesting, thing which i love i love the fact that it goes from the film to the actual opening titles as well
1: it's the only um mission impossible from refuse uses actually actually lit for the opening titles
0: yeah i it completely works and old jacchino friend of the podcast michael jacchino uh he crushes it because of course he does it's it's a it's a fantastic opening and i think i think there's something there's more energy in this sort of, like, opening bit than I got from a lot of Mission Impossible 3. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. And I think it's because Brad Bird has a background in animation. I think I think he's kind of got more of an eye for movement and, and kind of things that are cinematic anyway. Like, you, you look at something like The Iron Giant, um, and that's, you know, incredibly... Cinematic and whatever, and, and there are there are uh, sort of animated movies that have had similar budgets and not looked nearly as good, or nearly as v- from the period or whatever. And it's because Brad Bird is is fucking great at what he does, and I I genuinely think it's kind of his animation background that that helped with the it feeling dynamic and everything's constantly moving and things like the like the fuse into the actual opening titles. I don't think that would have particularly occurred to J.J. Abrams. Yeah, yeah, I know, and I, I do feel bad knocking J.J. Abrams, but the fucker's a multi-millionaire, and you know he's got plenty of people telling him his work is great. But I, I do feel that this was a fucking shot on the arm for the series, and it, it suddenly, it suddenly didn't, it, it sort of trimmed all the fat. And, and like with the opening, with, with this sort of establishing who everyone is and what they do, I think uh, this kind of moves on at a hell of a clip. And, uh, and it's all the best for it. And what I like is, is Brad Bird, apparently, he wanted, he wanted all the gadgets and things to go wrong, to not work properly. I was going to get like to get it at the end. end. Oh, were you? What, what, but it, it kind of goes into the whole thing because obviously IMF is shut down. There's a whole thing. I well, like you out. got the you, well before before all goes wrong. You have got the um,
1: the Russian uh, the, the, the the mission infiltrating the Kremlin.
0: Yes, and I suppose yeah, their their gadgets do work. Which has out. one of the sort of the coolest,
1: um, well not coolest, but I, I like this screen gadget thing.
0: I do as well. Where sort of videoing the corridor behind him. Yes, yeah, and got... the gag with Benji's face appearing. Yes. Just when when he absentmindedly sort of like (laughs) gets in front of the camera, just scratching the back of his neck, and just kind of like, "Mm." and then yeah. And everybody gets to wear a mask except Benji. Yes, he's very excited to wear a mask, and he doesn't get to. Um, but uh, yeah, and and apparently in a seventies episode of Mission Impossible, they had a projector screen type thing type gadget.
1: Okay. Well, my, question, sure it didn't. my question for at this point they just seem to always let's just leave their kit behind
0: i mean obviously i know ultimately it didn't matter because of what happened to the Kremlin. yeah I, I i i did think that i mean yeah isn't the point that there's lots of these things self-destruct within five seconds so that people don't find it and know what imf were up to so yeah leaving a screen and and a, a tablet and everything behind it, yeah That's some significant hardware to leave behind. And a
1: sonic uh, tripping
0: machine, which apparently does exist. I thought it was a it was a science fiction invention, but there there are things that can almost throw the sound. Um, But yeah, I like
1: uh, the reversible jacket. Tom Cruise goes from a Russian commander to an American tourist.
0: Yeah, with the Bruce Springs. Yeah. 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 Just to really add the whole American tourist thing. It's a different time. You can tell it's on a different time. There's no way they do that now. So, yeah, no, the the Kremlin sequence is some classic Mission Impossible stuff. And it really is. It's like time pressure when it comes to uh, getting his alias on the system to get through. Yes. Yeah. Um, I like I like sort of Benji sort of nervously talking throughout the whole thing as well because again he's like our he's our sort of our audience surrogate isn't he and and so the fact that he's qualified as a field agent and now he's working with Ethan Hunt like he's super excited and it's it's cool to see like a human being react to it all. I also like how they, they don't explain it they just he just goes I'm a field agent how weird is that yeah yeah exactly why are you here. Yeah. Then it all goes wrong. The Kremlin blows up. Ethan goes to hospital. I yes.
1: really like the, the subtitles being in Russian and then going to English slowly as he sort of gains
0: consciousness. Yes, I like that as well. And uh, and the, the cop, he's really good. I like the little detail that, uh, you know, Ethan wakes up and he's handcuffed to the bed and everything, and then you get a nurse grabbing the papers off the bed. And it all falls apart because he's taking the paperclip, and then then him being shirtless on the side of the building on the ledge, kind of ready to jump and ready to escape. And, and I love the got, cop's look of yeah, go on then. Yeah, yeah, like weirdly playful, kind of just like yeah, let's see what you can do. Go on then, and he god damn he does it.
1: And it's uh, the second use of the A113 code. At this point, when he. Does his uh, when he phones to be evacuated, he goes Alpha One One Three.
0: Uh, it's on the ring it's as on well. The ring the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the that's the old Pixar Easter egg type deal. Yeah,
1: it was the animations. there's it the animation lecture hall or something that they all went through? Yeah, Brad bird and all like all the people So in many,
0: Pixar. so many like crazy talented people. Yeah, Uh it came from that. So yeah it just tends to tends to shock it's a fucking it's a naff ring though isn't it <laughs> like yeah I, I wouldn't wear that unless it was to sort of like poison someone the less said about that the better you get tom wilkinson as the um secretary yeah yeah and and i think he's great but they they don't last do they no no he's great and he is he is fantastic i've I've loved him in many many things you know, I suppose he's there and he's effective. He he, he gone as you like him. He's affable yeah. in just that little bit, and that's all that's really needed. I'm impressed with how uh, Ethan can can. Is it he draws on his hand? He draws on his that? hand really quickly and shows uh, Benji. <laughs> oh, Benji then. Sorry, Brandt. Uh, Brandt. Brand, yeah, Jeremy yeah. Renner. Who's yeah. this man? <laughs> I, mean, I, I loved it. Just to be like st- like a guess who type thing or, <laughs> or something like that. I'm sure there's someone out there who can who can CGI that up. Can just use After Effects and just have something hilarious drawn on his hand. But, uh, but yeah, it's a it's a good sequence. Jeremy Renner, like I, ever since Born, I I do have slight reservations whenever Jeremy Renner joins. An established franchise. It always feels like he's well. At this point, I'm not sure. What, there
1: was almost uh, a feeling that he was going to take over. That this was going to be sort of a handover film yeah. from Tom Cruise, Jeremy Renner, because this was after Mr. Possible Three. So this was, and I think it's after the Sofa Jump. So he almost. I don't know whether it's like a last roll of the dice, but I don't know. It wasn't the juggernaut that it is now. Mm. I think this film definitely helped it become that. And oh, I think sure. I think if it wasn't for this film, we may not have been talking, you know, you um, may not still be talking about them, other than, uh, oh yeah, the first one was good. But.
0: Yeah, well, he was definitely, I think, I think yeah, he was brought in as as like, a, you know, when they have like a stealth pilot for stuff, yeah. and they bring in characters, they did it on Supernatural, I think, they had some characters come in for this sort of spin-off type deal, and people hated it, and... But Jeremy Brenner actually comes out pretty unscathed from this. I think yeah, he's actually yeah. really good in this one. I, and I, I think he is he is likable, which is important when you've got the team dynamic. When you've got the team working at peak efficiency, you need someone who kind of fits into that whole thing. Um, and he, he does well. They establish the whole IMF without IMF thing really well. And, and, and it, you do feel that shit this is all they have now (laughs) these people it's like a skeleton crew and the stuff in the the train car none of which worked yeah exactly really 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 good stuff really really effective yeah it's again a shame they're not actually doing missions for amf but then i suppose that that that's that's the rule isn't it that doesn't he only do it in one it's in two in two yeah, sorry. Exactly. In, in Mission Impossible, yeah. Two is the only one
1: where he is actually working yeah. for IMF,
0: not yeah, kind of exactly. against them or <laughs> against them or he's been disavowed yeah. or yeah, you know, it's cool. I I, I like the whole idea of Ghost Protocol. I like the whole idea of someone coming in and well, again, it's the whole is IMF necessary thing. It's the bond thing, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. We've moved on, surely. Yeah. You know, why do we need this? Uh, this sort of blunt
1: a blunt force team almost.
0: Yeah, and and what they do seems to be lucky rather than judged risk. Yes,
1: yeah, because there's the the bit when um, where after after Branton Hunt get out of the, uh, the get out of the water and Brant asks him, "How did you know that would work with the body and the flare? Because he'd send it off to distract uh, the people shooting at them. Because I didn't. I just had a hunch. And it's was yeah. almost, almost in disbelief. Mm. Well, I think that's interesting that you sort of find out with his character later as to, you know, because he well he was on a mission that went wrong, so you can almost see him kind of, his character arc is, you know, he analyzes everything to make sure, you know, the right play rather than going off the instinct like uh, like Ethan Hunt does.
0: Yeah, and then we learn quite why that is later on as yeah. well, which is really, really well, to well
1: so the Dubai thing as you, said, as you said at the beginning. I mean, obviously, why would you start with it? Because it was the I think it was in most of the trailers. Is It's the. It's, if Mission Impossible films are the one where this is the one where he jumps out and you know, climbs up the Burj Khalifa.
0: Yeah, is and it... it's, a, it's, it's a stunning, stunning yeah. sequence. Uh, it, it is. It, and Eddie was sort of like, I still think it's a series high point. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe not the high point because no. of where we go later, mm. but holy crap, what a sequence. And I was,
1: I was reading um, on IMDb the, tri- the trivia they have on there. And it was—he um, wasn't free climbing. He was climbing with ropes. The ropes were uh, were digitally removed afterwards. Yeah, but still, he was five hundred meters up with ropes. but yeah. Five hundred meters up.
0: Tom Cruise is insane.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, and that that whole sequence with with the gloves and the blue is glue. But but the the whole the whole sort of motion thing, the sounds, the sort of. The, the electronic whining yeah. as it goes up and then thump on the Like, fuck, dude, that scene is so incredibly tense.
1: Yeah, it's, got, it's got quite, a, the glove has got quite a distinct as yeah.
0: it's kind of going up and then breaking. yeah and Breaking and then, into yeah. the server room. And it's such a convoluted thing as well. And I like the fact that they've got a, a gadget that that sort of manufactures hotel room yes. kind of numbers. <laughs> yeah. I guess. We might need <laughs> that. Yeah, but you know, but you know, who who cares? I actually think that's the gadget that goes right
1: in in that film.
0: Yes, and I, and let's not forget that the best gadget in the movie is uh, Simon Pegg's fake arm <laughs> that yeah. he has so he can he can steal things with his real arm. That that whole sequence about a a weapons deal taking place. Uh, it has to happen in two different rooms but they have to they have to kind of fool them the whole thing the whole thing is so convoluted but then that's mission possible They're doing impossible things yeah and uh, and and that's the nature of the beast and uh and it's it's brilliant it it got that whole thing is is really really where it's kind of like oh fuck this is this is something new for the series now like they've had impressive set pieces and stuff before but this is this is next level. And and it's so much fun, and I think this one is probably the most rewatchable of all the movies, and it's because of things like the Birch Khalifa kind of sequence where you can sort of watch it. Because I think I think with the later ones with with like Rogue Nation and uh, and and Fallout, I kind of end up sitting down to watch the whole thing. Yes,
1: I mean I know you, you can. You can just
0: watch Fallout by itself. Yeah. But yeah, but, I, I uh, suppose you can just watch goes practical as a as a film yeah this and then going into the sort of the sandstorm chase which i think is really well done as well Yeah, that was a good dance tune from the early 2000 i knew you're gonna and i'm sure that exists online as well a YouTube thing where you got the sort of Doppler effect for the root sandstorm where they say it in the distance and it's like okay we don't need to do this this is not something we need to do
1: i've written that in my notes (laughs) 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 so following the sandstorm and i think that's the only use of the mask in the film
0: yeah I
1: i think it is yeah oh and the uh Delivery mechanism was a phone box. I forgot to mention it. So the team breaks down and everyone goes to separate ways for a bit. and Ethan goes to see an arms dealer. The guy who takes him is the same long haired guy from the first film who takes him to Max
0: with the hood. Yeah. He's the one in Die Hard as well. The ah, I want blood who turfs over the table. He's the um, brother of the terrorists. Okay. You, John McLean fucking killed an eight <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> I'm going to fucking cook you. I'm going to fucking eat you. <laughs> Actually, I think that might have been him. Yeah, so, yeah, this film, this series has some very weird continuity, but cool, and it has weird references like that. Yeah, I think it's just like a nice nod. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're not talking like MCU levels of continuity and long-form storytelling, but they're nice nods to the actual thing, and it, it does seem to sort of, like, Wholeheartedly embrace the series past as well. Yes, just like you know, they they will have stuff like that. But equally, it's a great jumping off point. Yeah, what what's your what's your read on um, Michael Nyquist's villain? Kurt, um, I think he's a fairly forgettable villain. Or, or sorry, you
1: or you want me to say? Oh, I think he had a good point. <laughs> <laughs> um, agreeing with the villains again. <laughs> no, I I think he's. I mean, we talk about James Bond quite a lot, and to talk about um, No Time to Die, he is almost the sort of the villain in that. That the villain in this is almost secondary, as to kind of getting the team back together and the stunts, or the set pieces. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not really sure if it kind of feels like because certainly with some of the later ones, it feels that like there is much more of a like a present threat because possibly because there's a threat to the to the actual team. Whereas this one, he he's he's okay. He, he he's, he's not. Probably in terms of, villains go, of how villains go, I guess he's sort of similar to, uh, to Doug Ray Scott, rather than um, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I just, I, I felt like we we could have, funny enough, I think we could have done with a bit more of him in this movie, where where you just kind of like, because I think his whole thing is interesting. I mean, his plan is basically Ultron's plan from Major of Ultron. Yeah, well, it was quite a common thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, bring about a, a, a cataclysmic thing so that humanity resets, yeah. and and you know and 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 whatever. But the fact that he seems to be ahead of Ethan and the team the entire time, and basically make, makes them look like punks for most of the runtime. Well, I think you
1: find out later that he's part of the overall organisation that the later villains are part of. I
0: think. Yeah, but but like. Just yeah, yeah. He may be. Is he part of the syndicate? Possibly. I think so. But that's what I mean. We don't know for sure. I mean, maybe, maybe there's some kind of real Mission Possible fans who will who will put us right here. But I'm pretty sure that because he's he's got access because he's he's got a face mask thing and everything. He's got like he's got. Well, Andy Andy hacked into their their comms. Yeah, exactly, and and gave them away. And pretended that... So, so, like, there's something there's something really interesting about him and the fact that they, he, him and his team are ahead of them the entire time until the very end. And and so I kind of felt like he could have done with a bit more fleshing out. I, I feel that, that's, again, I think you have to be careful when it comes to things where it has, like, world-ending consequences. You have to sort of, like, get behind the... the the actual person doing it, otherwise it does just feel like another James Bond villain, like you said, like, like kind of, I'll take over the world. Why? Because I'm rich and I want to take over the world, (laughs) you know? I mean, at least he does have motivation, and and, and he's got... But it's it's a hell of a leap between, between kind of lecture halls where he's talking about a great reset and everything to actually, you know, bringing about a nuclear incident. When they have the, uh, the at the end,
1: uh, and they have the fight in the car park, or the, the sort of virtual car park with all the cars moving around, it did look like um, Tom Cruise just beating up an old man, though. <laughs> it was. They just happened to film it. I, I like how he says
0: "Mission Accomplished." I know it should be cheesy, but. <laughs> but well, that's the thing. Luther calls him out on it. He uh, "Always corny." Is it me, or does the whole Mumbai thing? I like. I like the sort of sequence um with the metal suits and the sort of cable type thing it's jeremy renner doing it this yes time.
2: yeah
0: um and also the whole conversation the i'll catch you pluto not even a planet yes it's funny because you said anus <laughs> <laughs> the whole party thing uh, it's it's called cool see anil kapoor i really like him but i felt it was a little too far like just it we didn't need to go to mumbai it was just like another exotic locale. Yeah, I just I, maybe I was just feeling a little sort of like globe trotting fatigue by that point. But like, it just it's not bad. And certainly, you know, them going, him going out of the thing into the into the parking lot thing, where you know it's like some fucking matchbox type deal where they're all slotted away. I mean, shit, dude, do we have anything like that in this country?
1: Don't know. But it it, it may have been that they saw that and went right. We want to uh, do a stunt yeah. in that. How do we get there?
0: <laughs> yeah, we we want that in our movie. Because
1: well, the, um, Christopher McQuarrie, who went on to direct the next two films, um, rewrote this or, or had an uncredited uh, pass over it.
0: Yeah. Well, he was he he came up with one very essential part, which was the the reveal that Julia's still alive. Yes. Yes. So throughout the film, you've. Uh, when jeremy
1: renner's brand is introduced he you're told that he's an analyst and then it's revealed that he's not he used to be a field agent because you know he's too skilled for an analyst because there's a bit where they have that gunfight without fighting and uh, without firing mm-hmm. they just keep taking guns off each other and uh, which always reminds you of that perfectly symmetrical fighting never held, never never held <laughs> anyone. <art>. yeah yeah <laughs> but um so jeremy renner tells the other characters that he was on a mission he, he was protecting someone who'd sort of retired from the force and uh, he he'd heard there's like a, a hit out on them, but couldn't warn them in time, and the wife died, and it was Ethan Hunt. So you meant to think that his wife in the previous film is now dead, and at the end, um, you took sort of, it, it's revealed that he isn't. Uh, sorry, that she isn't, and that she's been deep undercover. Um, yeah, and, she's being looked out for. I do find that weird though, because surely, he, so when Tom Cruise says, "Oh, yeah, you know, she's fine." he just wanted you to believe that and it basically ruined his career that he had to stop doing what he was doing he went around plagued with guilt and
0: self-doubt it's like oh you <laughs> psych well that's, that's the. I, yeah I, I think if, if he'd said psych she's still alive idiot you thought she was dead yeah I think that would have been interesting uh, but a different tone of movie I yeah I, I think when it comes to spying and espionage and all that, there are certain things that are above your pay grade and you just have to accept that you're just not going to know the truth behind it. So, Brant being like a field agent or whatever, yeah, even though he was personally involved in the whole thing, it was on a need-to-know basis. And at that time, he didn't need to know. But it's nice It's nice that they they do have that sort of moment. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, the the mission accomplished thing is great. Uh, Luther calling him out is fantastic. Him uh, reaching to pay for the beer and then pulling his middle finger out of his pocket. <laughs> I, I can tell you you've done that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but it's great. <laughs> it's it's so good. And again, it, it, the friendship between them is, is yeah. obvious. You know, it's, it's nice. Yeah, he going to be killed off in the first film. Yeah. Well, that's what that's what happens when you're as charismatic as Ving Rhames. You just you keep getting picked. <laughs> I know it would it would have been so such a waste as well because i i love seeing fing Rams in these movies i'm just well, like oh, it's being he said to he, he apparently went to tom cruise and said was uh, uh well he
1: quote as well uh, why why does why is the brother always got to die <laughs> so they changed it because i think originally he was going to be an antagonist going back to the first film and an, an antagonist in the way that uh, Jean reno was mm. um and i think he gave a speech in tom cruise's on honor at an award thing, he said that um about how we, how he earned so much money because of because of that what what because of him not killing him in the first film.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, and he's 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 always brilliant. He, he really is. He, he's such a he's such a welcome sort of constant for the franchise. Yes. And uh, and yeah. So and that's good. And then then you have him, and then then it sells the whole team like properly being together like. Picking up the phones to do the missions, and you know they're splitting splitting apart for now, but they're going to come together when needed. I mean, it doesn't quite work out like that. Uh, no, in, I, in the yeah. future, but it's it's nice, and and I like um, Benji's joke about how it's not always like this, you know. Kind of being honest. is it? And they all laugh, and that's it Benji's just so good. Simon Pegg is is fantastic. And yeah, he's like, he's rubbish yes terrible terrible name awful character name they should change it immediately it's very very cool and uh yeah properly set the the franchise on on a path that it continues to follow Hmm. and evolve oh you also get the uh just at the end you get a sort of a quick mention of the syndicate yes yes a nice little sequel tease there and 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 it uh, wasn't apparently Oh, really?
1: When um, Chris McQuarrie McCoy- went to Mary so it's the next one. The Syndicate was mentioned in the TV show. It, that was their kind of anti, the anti-IMF. Ah. Oh, ah, that's cool. It gets picked up again in the next one. So, Mission Impossible, Colonel Rogue Nation.
0: Yes. It's a film that happened.
1: It was released in... A year?
0: A year.
1: Not sure how to write it down, idiot. I have not written down. Sorry. uh, At some point after 2011. 2015, I think. I'm
0: going to double check now. Rogue Nation 2015. Yes!
1: Yeah. All right, mate. Anyway, released in 2015, directed by Christopher McQuarrie, from a story by Christopher McQuarrie and Drew Starring Tom Cruise, Jeremy Renner, Simon Pegg, Rebecca Ferguson, Ving Rames, Sean Harris, and Alec Baldwin. Ethan and his team take on their most impossible mission yet, where they have to eradicate an international rogue organisation as highly skilled as they are, and committed to destroying the IMF.
0: Dun-dun-dun! Yeah. So, I listened to the audio commentary on this one. Okay. Um, I was going to listen to one of the three audio commentaries on Fallout. Okay. Okay. But, uh, but didn't. I chose this one instead, because fuck you, Rob. And I learned an interesting thing about how Christopher McQuarrie actually got the job. Would you like to hear it? I would. So, they were doing Edge of Tomorrow. It was apparently just like a, a standard meeting, and I think Tom Cruise was just impressed with how McQuarrie was handling everything, and said, sort of casually, you should do the next Mission Impossible and then you know Macquarie says that he was like yeah uh, yeah I I could do and you know kind of non-committal but he said he didn't think it was a serious offer that like a minute later Cruz exits the room on his phone chatting to someone in the next room Uh, turns out it was Brad Gray head of Paramount Pictures he was laughing and joking with him and said, yeah, you got the job. <laughs> How terrifying must it be to, like, I mean, I'm I'm sure, you know, the, these things are just insane factories and whatever, but just from a slightly casual conversation to, oh, wait a minute, I'll just call up the head of Paramount Pictures. Oh, you got the job. A similar story to that, talking about um,
1: Top Gun, as we did at the beginning. Um, so it was originally... I think Tom Cruise had said he wasn't going to make a sequel to Top Gun then Tony Scott had a story Which I think involved him and in, uh, like drones being the bad guy or something I, I might have the wrong and he was signed on to star in it and then obviously Tony Scott died
0: yeah,
1: and so he wasn't going to touch it and then the the director whose name escapes me at the moment came up with the um, with a with a script Flew out to Paris where they were filming Fallout. Pitched it, uh, and uh, Tom Cruise sort of met met with him, almost out of politeness because you know he'd flown to Paris. He pitched the he pitched it, and he said, "Oh, I'm on board." a Paramount and said, "Let's make the film." And the director said, "About he knows how difficult it is to get a film green lit, and so to see somebody just make a phone
0: call, mm. it's incredible." Yeah, it's, that's the power of Cruise. Mm. Man, he's, he's I I it's it's impressive and a little bit scary. Yeah. Uh, I, I would be a little intimidated by that, but it, he he seems to be impressed with how Macquarie handles himself and respects his work and opinions. Well, I think they sort of get quite a lot out of each other, and I think
1: balance each other out quite well. Listening, so because I've listened to um, the Empire Spoiler podcast on this, where Chris Macquarie talks, I think for, uh, on Rogue Nation it talks he took Rogue it? Nation talks <laughs> for about three hours, which is longer than the film, and then yeah. Fallout he did. Two episodes of three and a half hours each, or something,
0: and it's it's all fascinating. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's a, he's a really interesting speaker. The dude clearly has a hell of a brain on. Him. Yeah, and and yeah, it it is. I've I've heard those, and and yeah, Chris McQuarrie is like notorious for the Empire podcast because it's just going to be okay. Well, this is this is our super long, mega length episode with Chris McQuarrie because yeah. he keeps talking, and we don't want to shut him up. I learned that he's
1: not interested in fan Um So there might be an occasional nod to something, but he's not bothered about... He's only bothered about serving the story, and that comes from Jack Reacher. That... I can't remember... I've, I've not gone back and listened to us talking about him... Even, yeah, but, yeah, but in the first film, I think I said something about some of the scars on... When Tom Cruise's is shirtless, some of the scars are um, sort of nods to other bits of the book. And apparently that's true, that every scar on Tom Cruise is Jack Reacher. Was meant to reference a scar in the book,
2: mm.
1: and Chris Cory said they spent ages doing it and sort of planned everything out. And then when it went when it went to um, when it was released, all the feedback was, "Oh, he's only taking a shirt off because he's Tom Cruise and he wants to take a shirt off."
0: Yeah. And
1: and everyone kind of missed it. So he said since then he's just not interested in fan service. Yeah.
0: He
1: d- he does make a few references to things though. There are a few. There's a rabbit's foot, which yes. which, which, which which is a reference to. Uh, to mission possible three yeah. and, and for Tom Cruise as well who said that he kind of learned from that that people do want an explanation
0: yeah well that's it so the the rabbit's foot there's just it, it's a it's a rabbit's foot keychain yeah. on, a, on a key and it's just it's just like a throwaway kind of thing but it is a lucky rabbit's foot and yeah and they they make mention of it in the commentary as well and okay Macquarie says that yeah yeah it was it, Fancy that, it wasn't the anti-god. It it was it it was it was just a key. <laughs> <laughs> that's all it was. So yeah, clearly that was a, a proper reference, but I, I love the fact that that, that was kinda of nodded too. That's a that's a neat little reference. Um and in fact that was the first thing I wrote in the Rogue Nation thing with was rabbit's foot exclamation mark. The one thing that does seem to be weird, and again I think it's because Chris Macquarie can sort of think on his feet and whatever. You know that bit in uh Wallace and Gromit. That Gromit's laying the train track as it's going along. Yep. Yep. I think that's blockbuster filmmaking in general. I think I've heard him say that or some I've
1: heard someone say that.
0: Yeah, well it's a, it's such an apt metaphor. Like it's such a it's a, because it, as think almost everyone's seen the wrong trousers yep. and uh and and it's it yeah, the sort of laying the train track as you're going along because from the kind of sounds of it, they were shooting scenes without knowing where the rest of it was going. So
1: both this and Fallout, they started without a script, and they basically mm. went around saying, I want to make, make a stunt here, what can we do, how can we get there? And they only finished editing it at the premiere, or ju- just before the premiere.
0: And yet, it's narratively great. It's yeah. like it's, it's like proper proper storytelling. There are some really, really great narrative moments. There are some fantastic sort of like it feels like a taut spy thriller, you know, and, and I don't know how they managed it, but they did. And, you know, they're even talking about the um, bit in London where he goes into the, into the vinyl shop and, and he talks to, to that, that woman who, who is like, oh, is it, are the stories about you true? and he just gives like a wry smile. Kind of like He does a lot of wry right smiling in this. I, 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 I noticed,
1: that of, of all the films, he does more wry right smiling in this, or kind of, work well, you know, or oh, shucks, than in any of the others.
0: He does a lot of that sort of eyebrow raise yes, as well. yeah, yeah. That sort of like, oh, you know, I'm here, you're here, you know, do you believe the situation type thing? They were talking about um, how Chris McCory was watching the edit of that, and it came down to something like he wasn't feeling a certain shot with the gas coming through the vents at the bottom of the thing it wasn't dynamic enough okay so they had to do a pickup shot of him of tom cruise with the with his shoe in front of the thing and moving it like just stuff that you wouldn't even think about but the fact that they were just adding these things in until like the final the final week you know of of premiere and whatever is insane um, I'm, I'm not sure I could cut it as a director, dude, because it, it's, it's It's. too stressful. It's nuts. And, they, and and yet they were talking about things like, you know, cool references to stuff. Apparently the whole, what is it you've been calling it? The, the delivery mechanism for the... I, I call it they, delivery mechanism, but yeah. Me, me, yeah, I knew it was some made up word. Yeah. <laughs> um, All words are made up somewhere. D- yes, they are. It being a record. It was Tom Cruise's idea. He likes and vinyl. It, oh, yeah, yeah, a, a vinyl record. Hmm. But it being Tom Cruise's idea because he wanted kind of more analog type stuff. Yes, yeah. And But apparently it's also first series of the TV show. Yeah. The first thing is, uh, is, a, is information on a vinyl record. So it ended up being a reference without them really intending it to be.
1: The record shop isn't real as well,
0: sadly. I know. Apparently, people were trying to get in. Okay. Because it does look, it does it look does, well, yeah. doesn't it? it? It it does look like you could you could spend a couple of hours just just kind of going through their stuff. But let's talk about the, the plane sequence. So, this was the advert, and and it's on the film
1: poster, and it kind of, sort of going into it, I sort of had the feeling of oh, it's going to be like the big set piece. It's to shame, this this so, point, and then for the opening stunt. Mm. It's, it's really good, I think, because it kind of don't we you know well, what's coming next?
0: Yeah, well, exactly. It kind of yeah, you think, wow, that's going, that's their one sort of standout set yeah. place, but they have many, and and this is just, I mean, it's it's so impressive the the whole thing that again they say Tom Cruise is is the, the best special effect, and you can sort of see why. Well, he's genuinely maybe. hanging on the outside of the plane. I know, he's a crazy man it's all there on screen yeah, it looks yeah. real it feels real yeah it was a, a, a hell of a thing to do it, it's great it, it's really really cool and uh and yeah when 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 the plane actually takes off and you see the ground disappearing yeah that may, that may give you some some stomach back flipping action going on and it still just to be funny like open the door
1: open the door the wrong door yeah
0: yeah well exactly I, I like I, I'm Always got time for Simon Pegg being uh stressed about stuff like yeah. just just trying to trying to do something under insane pressure always works and and it's it's such a great sort of it's a it's a great double act actually and they they do actually kind of expand on that later yeah with just him and in and, and ethan
1: it almost becomes a Tom Cruise soundpeg buddy movie
0: yeah i think I
1: think' very good friends in real life
0: yes. So uh, this is Rebecca Ferguson's introduction to the franchise? It is. And she's fantastic?
1: Well, she doesn't turn up until... Um, so Brant is on trial for the IMF because um, Alec Baldwin is the head of office, working the CIA wants the wants the IMF to end, basically because of the previous film. Apparently, yeah. they, um, the initial plan wasn't for the syndicate to be involved in in Rogue Nation it was just going to be a, a throwaway line at the end of the last film
0: oh okay so that wasn't yeah, that wasn't the but they actually sort of built it into yeah because that's the thing because they're they're haunting they're Ethan now yes. aren't they yeah and, and you said something about his last day as a free man or something like that and then six months later he's got an isolation beard yeah he's got an isolation beard I love the work on yeah. Fake Out as well yes yes that is that is good Oh, yeah, it, Benji it, it, playing it, Halo,
1: I'm fairly sure they would
0: have they would have noticed him playing that on those massive he screens. Had little, he had a little mirror. He had a it. little mirror, yeah. And him putting the gum on the CIA thing is a again reference to the the gum in the first one. No, it not they, they
1: said it was. Ah, oh, I to it, and he said it wasn't. He said that people think it is, but it wasn't. Simon Pegg was just chewing gum, and they thought it was funny, so they zoomed in on it.
0: Oh, okay. Well, they said on the commentary. Interesting. That it was. So who knows? And that's probably recorded later. So okay, fair enough. Yeah, maybe they just rolled it. But yeah, Halo Five, I know, wasn't released then. That's why it has temporary box art. When he, uh, okay. When well, it was, it was just before. whatever the, um,
1: the the product placement was going to be. Yeah. So I, I don't think they filmed it because I, I assume the draw was kind of a pickup shot. Yes. Chris McQuarrie, said with um, product placement, it's the thing you and I have talked about quite a lot, and he said that people complain about it. Because like the um think that the bmw cars in this because there's a lot of them and that people have said it's kind of just like an advert for bmw but he said without the you know without them giving you 20 cars that you have to keep nice and another hundred that you can wreck he said there's without product placement there's no you know there's no massive set piece there's no opera scene in this or it'll be really scaled down so he has no issue with it and so if they want yeah. to put in a um a shot of a video game box then that's absolutely fine because it gets the
0: movie made yeah and because they, they say that they, they thank the, the, the companies uh, for different things and BMW especially because they provided a lot of cars and bikes mm. that were absolutely wrecked apparently the guy came to pick some of them up later and it was just like yeah that part of junk over there <laughs> they completely wrecked all of them. Well, apparently there's some they have to, they, they're not allowed to so like the I think they have the sort of the chassis and whatever the main one uh, he's driving. The,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but one of them, there's there's a, a shot where they sort of careen backwards down some stairs. Cars downstairs. I wrote in capital down letters. Downstairs. Well this time it doesn't even it it this one it doesn't actually touch the stairs. No. I know. They do have they do have other cars going downstairs, so you're covered. Um, but that shot of, of uh, Benji and Ethan in the car going backwards and that huge jump, they just fired a BMW out of a cannon. Oh, wow. You know, so, so that, that's it. So, you know, I, if it gets shots like that, yeah, I don't mind. As a Bond fan, I, I'm kind of used to smack in the face of, it, of this product placement sometimes. <laughs> anyway, carry on. So Benji wins two tickets to the opera.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's a big set piece is in Vienna apparently I in the script it. originally there was a the, going to be a line about Benji saying how do you know I wouldn't bring two people and Ethan saying because it's the opera but Tom Cruise made them take it out because he said he was punching down <laughs> don't mock Weird. the opera because he likes a uh, brutal he doesn't like mean Christopher McQuarrie was saying
0: okay yeah, I, I I sort of get that. I think the 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 opera sequence is so so well done. Yes. Yeah. Um, the the sort of the editing to the music, it's it's classic, but it. it... Ness and
1: Doma. Thanks, man. You're welcome. Well,
0: that shows up then whenever, or not whenever, but that's almost Ilsa's theme throughout throughout the film. Yes. Yeah, when when she later on in the movie where she says something like "come away with me" and and you get you get that sort of um, you get that swell of the the opera music, it's great. Yeah, Ness and uh, Yeah, is it Ness and Dorme, that one? Yeah, I can, I can sing it again if you like. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Please do because uh, go on. No, you're right. Just rewind a little bit. I can't do that in real life. I have to do that edit. Ah, fuck it it's a, it's a it's a good sequence and i i like the fact that the the geography of it you know where everyone is go uh, to the opera because the, they want to drama
1: you want drama go to
0: the opera true true but the the sort of gantries and yes. the moving platforms and and things like that you know where people are and it it again it it sort of makes the fight much much better and i do i even though they didn't say about it I do think there is some the bond stuff going on when he, uh, not only the the gun, what instrument is it? The flute, isn't it? I think? Flute, I think. I yes. do I do like a gun being assembled from something. I know you do because you talked about it in the first yeah. one it being uh, assembled from like a battery and and things like that. And
1: there's a truncheon as well. I think the truncheon comes apart into a, a weapon. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: And out of a pipe. Yeah, a a trench, yeah, a truncheon gun with with a laser sight. But, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's some sort of brass instrument, possibly a flute. And, yeah, the, the sort of gun assembled from that and the fight and the dude is so much bigger than Tom Cruise. And, yes, we know Tom Cruise is, is a little deady man, but, like, still. It's his shop, birthday. How dare you? <laughs> it won't be his birthday when this comes out. Every day is Tom Cruise's birthday somewhere. <laughs> and the dude's clearly massive. So I was getting proper Jaws, James Bond vibes.
1: Well, that's that. good with the sort of the rising the different levels that keep going up and down, and
0: yeah, very very cool. And I, and and Ilsa Faust being there, apparently the uh, that shot with her with her leg up on the uh, on the thing that was like a shot they had to fight for, I think. But they even designed her dress yes. around that shot. Well,
1: initially, the, the, he uh, they hadn't because Crystal Quarrie said he wanted to basically put have Ilse Faust. Rebecca Ferguson as the sort of, the best woman the franchise had ever had. Mm. Um and they've had some you know, fairly decent female characters in you Um I think Carrie Washington Kerry Washington. Yeah? Yeah, she she was great. Kerry Russell. Kerry Russell, sorry, not Carrie Kerry Kerry Washington, in, uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, Kerry okay. Russell was great in um Mission Possible yeah. three. Yeah. Um and Dundee Wayne Newton as well was fantastic. Mm. But he wanted to make the you know, the, the, the best female that the franchise had seen and didn't necessarily want the kind of, you know, stepping out of a car and high heels and a dress, but they were speaking to a sniper, sort of asking, you know, if you were in this kind of situation, how would you stand? And you you, you you basically would have to rest on on a bar, and the only way to do it was for her to put her leg up, so that meant they had to redesign dress around it, which then meant they had to change her fighting style of the character to say that it would be more sort of kicking. mm
0: yeah, well, there's a bit when Cruz actually takes the shot, just to because it's a it's a cool way to to resolve the the two assassins. One bullet. A uh, one bullet yeah. type deal. Um, I, I really like the shot. There's it's kind of looking up again, sort of at Gantry as she disappears, and because it's like a silken dress, it's like a cape. It's like she kind of stalks off into the night. Okay, yeah, yeah. it's it's super cool, and uh, and yes, very glamorous. Very cool. Rebecca Ferguson is fucking fantastic. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's a it's a such such a good sequence. And it, it, it's one of those things where blockbuster movies, that's when they really come into their own. That's when they can do things on this scale and this kind of out there and, and it'd still be incredibly entertaining. I like how they was when they escape out of the
1: opera as well, she she's already helping. They're, they're already working really well as a team together. And she, she stops from falling off the roof, so I think she, she's definitely his equal. Yes, and
0: Rebecca Ferguson's scared of heights, apparently. Oh, okay. So, and they, they that was the first thing they did, was sliding on the rooftops. <laughs> this, does, it doesn't hang around much, does it, this movie? It's like Ghost Protocol in the fact that it, we don't get a lot of downtime and the downtime, like, even, even when Hunt is questioning her in the car, they're moving somewhere. You know, like, because, like, he's, he's questioning and, and, and finding out, like, what her whole deal is. And he's kind of patting it down. He's got this, like, a carbon fibered knife and the lipstick and whatever. And then she has to roll out of the car. Yeah. It, it, it's got this insane momentum, which just really, really keeps it going. It keeps the interest up and, and the slower moments that you do have work that much better. Like even though, the, you know, the opera sequences is, is full of drama. Obviously, you want drama goes to the opera, it, it does take its time to get there. And then then kind of whatever. And it just makes those things much more effective. The sort of the, the slower moments. But again, it's always, you always feel like it's surging forward. And again, it's, it's, the, it's the characters driving the plot, not the other way around. And, and that's when you, when you have a, an active, exciting movie, when characters' decisions are the thing dictating where the story goes. And them finding out more about the syndicate and finding out about their motives and things like that. That's the thing that propels it, and it keeps us interested. Yeah, you know, but Macquarie crews, they're, they're, they're like movie scientists when it comes to this stuff. They they know what they're talking about. Good point, Ben.
1: Excellent point, Ben. Well done. Thank you. So this has a return to the house montage, where they talk about breaking in to steal something or st- steal some data from an underwater server room. I will confess, I don't enjoy the underwater bit. I don't mind... Uh, the Benji sort of walking through that gantry thing to see how he walks if he if he's in the system. Mm. But I actually find the stunt itself quite underwhelming. I
0: I d I don't know. I I get it. I I I think it I think it's cool, but I think yeah. I think think it's much better set pieces in across the films. Yes. I think him diving down into that sort of ridiculous like sort of hole is almost like he's making nice Toilet is terrifying. It's well, he held his breath for a crazy amount of time—six uh, minutes, yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, knots. But uh... well, apparently, um Kate Winslow held it for seven minutes or Avatar. Oh well, there you go. Was
1: she the the bit—oh, be- she's the new one. Um, the bit before that, there's a scene where um when they talk about the house montage and you got Benji applying makeup in front of a mirror, that. Mm and turning into uh, the agent he's or the, the, the the technician he's supposed to be impersonating that mm. isn't uh that, that's real as all one shot but it's a, mm. it's a mirrored set so the books and cds are printed backwards they use doubles of tom cruise and Rebecca ferguson and they even had to make sure that rebecca ferguson's uh, silk
0: shirt creased in exactly the exactly same way as a as double yeah I, I heard that that's insane that's like um, that's like that sequence in Terminator 2, isn't it? When they had real Arnold Schwarzenegger and then uh, the dummy with the sort of lights and everything in it, and then they had Linda Hamilton and her twin sister acting opposite again, like a mirror. Type. It, it okay. basically the same setup to make that thing work, and that's all in camera. Yeah, I mean, that's an insane amount of work that you would just never realize. But again, that's yeah, that blew my mind when I heard that. I was like, and they were even like printing the the titles of the books backwards. Yes. That's nuts. Like, no one's going to notice that. But I suppose they're doing it for authenticity's sake. Yeah. Nuts. I was incredibly impressed with that. And then you have a
1: really epic car chase. I love the bit of stun to no music, like uh, he
0: did in Jack Reacher as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, again, and you can have all those dynamic shots of Tom Cruise, because it's him doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because he's a crazy man. Well, and the
1: stunt driver's driving around it,
0: but... Yeah, but apparently, like, that whole thing, because, obviously, the... the, uh, the end thing of of the water sequence is the fact that Ethan Hunt almost dies <laughs> he was dead for a bit got yeah. better and uh, so, so he's still a bit rattled and he he goes to slide over the hood of a car and sort of face plants. Apparently that was Tom Cruise's idea of oh, course cool. they, they were talking they were talking to Chris Macquarie's brother who had done training and stuff like that and apparently he had nearly drowned a couple of times. And he was saying about uh, coming to and then not quite knowing what had happened. Yeah. So they wanted to make sure that, that Ethan Hunt's brains were more scrambled than usual. So, uh, so yes, apparently the face plant was intentional to uh, to sell that whole thing, and it works as well because like Ethan's crazy at the best times, but uh, he, he definitely seems more unhinged. You have the a minute ago you were dead. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, and and Jeremy Renner and Ving Rhames in the, in the truck apparently. Really crashing into them. Yeah, they had they had Jeremy Renner for like half a day, or like a couple of days, like really not long. Oh, well. and and so they they brought him in, and apparently he was just like improving lines. Yes, yeah, um, yeah. and and one of them is a high speed chase, and you pick a four by four to Vink Reigns, like as as they go and again they, they were just like, Oh, thank God for Jeremy Renner because he just he just gets it.
1: As is the bit where he goes um we sort of lists what they've done and goes, I'm so proud of us.
2: <laughs> you yeah. a really
1: yeah. My... <laughs> yeah I heard that at, at, to, you know, in, in 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 his interview in Macquarie said about basically everything funny Jeremy Renner improvised.
0: Yeah. He seems like a funny dude. Yeah, if only I... he had an app
1: where you could find out more about him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, um yeah, they had a scene where uh, Ving Rems gets off a helicopter and apparently they had to do it about 19 times uh, and, and Ving Rems was getting a little bit airsick uh, because it just the, the sort of the wind noise and everything. But then Jeremy Renner was also pissing about and uh, did his Michael Jackson impression, like the video of Earth Song the oh, yeah, yeah. and whatever. So he was doing that in the wind. And, uh, and apparently Vingram would give him like, these withering looks like, I'm going to have to go off in the helicopter again. i just come back <laughs> down. <laughs> but apparently they had a very, very cool like, kind of um, body relationship. So, and, and that comes across. It definitely comes across, yeah, in this one. Yeah. So, yes, Jeremy Renner and Secret Weapon. I hope he comes back. I hope he comes back.
1: He's contracted for another film.
0: Yeah, well, apparently because he wasn't in Fallout because of Endgame. Well, he wasn't. I'm not sure because I heard that
1: he wasn't in it because of Infinity War. And ultimately, he wasn't used in Infinity War. And ultimately, Fallout was shut down for a bit because of Tom Cruise breaking his leg or ankle. So he Mm. probably could have been in it. But schedules never matched up.
0: Who knows? But yeah. They did
1: talk about having him for a day and killing him off at the beginning. But he said no. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, no, that, that would be a mistake. Yeah. But having having Brant come back is definitely... But he's not in the trailer for Dead Reckoning Part 1. Maybe even because they haven't
1: filmed Part 2. Initially, they're doing them back-to-back, back, but they're not now.
0: Yeah, well, maybe he's maybe a surprise.
1: No, that's true. Yes, that is true. Yeah,
0: you know, because that's the thing. A bunch of them, like, throughout have uncredited cameos. Yes, yeah. Michelle Monaghan, I think, She she has a... I think it's uncredited in this one? Ghost Prescott, wasn't it? Uh, maybe. But I think... She's not in recognition. Oh, okay. Well, she has a proper credit shout-out uh, later on, but one of them she's on credit. Yeah, it might be Ghost Prescott actually thinking about it. Uh, that would make sense. Two people we haven't talked about so far is, uh Alec Baldwin and yes. uh, Sean Harris Has <laughs> Solomon Lane! <laughs> Solomon Lane! Yeah, he does have that voice. So Sean Harris, he's brilliant, isn't he? He's fantastic. He's really and he is. He's creepy. He's you know, and he's not a franchise kind of guy. No, he wanted to be killed off at the end. (laughs) And spoilers, (laughs) he wasn't. They don't. They literally put him in a box (laughs) and wheel him out for the next one. But I like that he is. uh, He's
1: possibly more so than others. Maybe I I know. um, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman got um, was well, almost quite a personal villain, but Solomon Lane seems to really get under Ethan Hunt's skin. Like, yeah, the bit where he's like really paranoid, saying maybe this is what Lane wants, and yeah. He's sort of almost acting unhinged just to get this one
0: guy. Yeah, well that's it. Like, and and he seems you can see you can see Hunley's point of view as well when they're talking about how Ethan Hunt is is just off the chain and he's talking about a shadowy organization that behind all these things and you know and it just so happens that you know they got benji to the opera and then the chancellor got is it the chancellor Where's he the important fellow got blown up in the car you know it just so happened that that happened while they were there you know like you can sort of see hunley's point of view yeah and and that's what makes it great. And I and yeah and and Solomon Lane, the softly spoken, croakily voiced Solomon Lane, with a very iconic look. Weirdly, they don't do much with him, but the the sort of the 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 top rimmed glasses and the sort of hair and everything. It's great. He it it
1: looks quite unassuming as well. Like yeah. he doesn't. He's not like a physically imposing threat, which I think. No. Is apparently, one of the reasons why they didn't fight because there's no reason for them to physically fight. But he just looks, and he's sort of quite calm and mannered in his voice. And the bit when he you know goes in the glass box at the end, uh, yeah, that's the bit he snaps and just sort of shoots the six bullets at Tom Cruise, at Ethan, just and just while staring at it. Yeah. But until then, he's just been—he's not like a manically shouting villain. He's he's, yeah, really sinister, really, really good, um, good performance.
0: And even even when he's put under insane pressure, like when he makes the Benji bomb, yeah, and and Ethan is talking to him via via Benji, which is a, a, an amazing sequence. Yes, but you know, and and kind of like he's he's pushing Lane's buttons to try and get him to call off the you know to stop the bomb countdown and all that. It, it's it's yeah, that's you only see flashes of kind of just like anger and 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 yeah fast movement most of the time he's cool calm and collected which makes him creepy and uh yeah it's it's a hell of a performance and I'm so glad they got him back for the next one as well because it it works having that sort of that performance yes that and and also having a bad guy you know come back as well I'm glad they didn't kill him well, I guess otherwise it gets a bit too formulaic isn't it you know yeah, was well, the you. end of the week then, isn't
1: it? Yes, yeah. and up until know. this, well, up until the next one, sort of um, woman of the week as well.
0: Yes, yes, um, but yeah, that it, it's yeah. I think you're, you're right. They yet yeah, Solomon Lane really, really gets under Ethan's skin, like yeah. really changes the way he thinks and forces him to sort of doubt himself. I think more so than Devlin did as well, because Devlin was threatening his wife. In, wasn't it Devlin? <clears throat> Davian. Davian. So in, in, in the third one. Yeah. Yeah. So he, well, that was the thing. He made it personal then, but like, yeah, Solomon Lane is, is kind of, again, working on a different level entirely. Yeah. No, I, I think, I think he he really, really gets to him. It's not your standard blockbuster villain performance. And that's what works about it. He's, he's devious. He's creepy. He doesn't need to, the only time he gets a bit of action is when he's stalking Tom Cruise at the end. He's being lured into the trap. Yes. So you know, and even then, when you see Cruz kind of just like under the floor and he's got the gun on him, you just think, "Fuck," <laughs> you know, like you you do genuinely think, like, yeah, he just just wore him down, and just chased down his his quarry and has now got it. But we're all fooled. Yeah, this this movie again fucking rocks, and I I don't know. I don't know how they keep getting away with it. <laughs> I don't know how they, how they manage to kind of assemble all these moving pieces and have an amazing performance in, in Sean Harris, the bad guy have all these moving pieces just work. And like, I I think this is like uh, Benji's the, what Simon Pegg's like best performance as Benji. So far. Yeah. yeah. This is, this is his film. The next one is Luther's, but it's in, in terms yeah. of the
1: assistant. Yes. But- Which is not bad, you know, considering sort of talk about a form of the mission films that in 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 the second one there's the comedy Australian, in the third one there is another sort of comedy. So there's almost the not the most competent agent and the kind of you know the the lovable bumbling one. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: Benji kind of was that um, in Ghost Protocol to an extent. I mean, he's competent, but it was almost you know he was the comedy Australian.
0: Well, um, he was—he was—he was like an overeager puppy, wasn't he? He was yeah. just like like wanting to do the mask thing and kind of whatever, and and maybe overselling it with the sort of acting. Yeah, um, and it wasn't—you uh, you, know—is was the why you're here, whereas now, you here or is that now?
1: In this film and, and the next one, you know, he is an integral part of the
0: team. Yeah, dependable as hell, and uh, and yeah, and you really feel like it's such a such an amazing performance by Sampa when he's when he is strapped uh to the explosives and solomon lane's talking through him and the sort of the def- the def- proper fear yeah in, in his eyes is okay yeah, yeah, yeah. like you you just like oh no you can't you can't kill benji don't be killing benji um so yeah i like i like the the the, the quote
1: um which is quite a lot of what we're having it down. Um, Hunt is uniquely trained and highly motivated, especially without equal, immune to any countermeasures. There is no secret he cannot extract, no security he cannot breach, no person he cannot become. He's most likely anticipated this very conversation and is waiting to strike in whatever direction we move. Sir, Hunt is the living manifestation of destiny, and he has made you his mission.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I think the the Hunley uh brand stuff is super fun as well. Yeah. And especially when he comes more around to you know the imf way of thinking it's it's cool to see him actually be on the good guy's side isn't it he's just like oh he's great
1: yeah he takes them to that part. but there's going to be a third mass pull after that
0: yes it's going to be uh, benji as um
1: as hanley getting into the car and taking his face off and then kind of deflating his suit to be the right size <laughs> as a uh, simon peg but Macquarie said that two masks which this film does have is the maximum for a film because uh, otherwise it gets
0: silly. Otherwise you get Mission Impossible 2. Yes. Yeah, where well they're constantly tearing off faces. Yeah. Uh yeah, no and and they they do it really well with the uh with the the mask reveal and uh Tom Hollander hooray! Yes, yes. as the prime minister. Um so yeah, no they 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 do a very 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 good job with all that. And, uh, yeah, Macquarie's instincts about the masks is dead right as well. You you can't have too much. Otherwise, it's just like, well, do I even trust that this is the person now? Yeah. You know, I don't trust that, you know, you kind of want to be in the story and you're, you're experiencing things as that character is doing them. And if you think, oh, well, that's just Ethan Hunt in disguise or that's, you know, then you kind of lose something from it. But, you know, use little... And, and and sparingly, it's very, very effective uh so top marks there McHugh. um yeah that it's it's a fucking fantastic movie it is it is i think i uh, yeah I, I think if you
1: took the set piece from the Burj Khalifa, which is breaking into a server room and replaced it with the water server in this, I think I'd probably so it uh, you it could almost vie for top one mm.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm actually. You know what? I'm actually with you on the underwater thing. I think it's impressive, um, like how they did it and and what they did. But yes. in terms of in terms of the actual kind of thing, it maybe lacks the proper drama. Do you know what I think it is? Go on. I think there's too much CGI in that scene
1: because the swinging arm and the sort of it just. Because, I think because we've been spoiled. In this series, certainly from Ghost Protocol and and the rest of, um, of of Rogue Nation, that it's you know he's doing his own stunts. It's it, it's all physical work. This one there's just a little bit
0: of the, the, that mechanical arm going around, and, and there's a, there's a few things where it just looks a bit too cartoony. I I would agree. I think when they said because again that this was in the audio commentary, and they would. Apparently, so the things that were real were anything that Tom Cruise touched was real. I think it was real beforehand. I don't think it was like a Midas-type thing where he imbued something (laughs) with reality. Um, That's why he's in the new Pinocchio. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So everything that he had to interact with was, was physically there in the set. But the water was actually super clear. So all the bubbles and everything... Were added with effects ah, later, right? Okay, and and I think that the arm and things like that as well. So yes, it might have to, a little bit too much of a CGI sheen because the actual room it
1: isn't. The, the actual room is is real, but it's not filled with water.
0: Yeah, but uh, but yeah, no, it, it it yeah. I I actually agree. I'm with you on that one. So uh, okay, yeah. So but Rogue Nation again. Fantastic! i I really like just the 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 car chase, the bike chase. Yes, I I like the The opera. Yes, with this one, because this this is the one where where Cruise takes that insane spill off the motorbike, isn't it? Yes. Because Elsa Fow stands in the road. Yes, that looks painful. Oh, more painful than any of the other things he's done. It does. It really does. And but that really reminded me of Casino Royale. What? Yes, yeah. Remember when Vesper is in the road and then he sees yeah. her and, and turns the... That car was shot out of an air cannon as well to get the roll. Yeah, they like shooting cars out of cannons.
1: Yep, and I like oh. cars down
0: steps. Cars down steps, yes. So yeah, a damn good one. Like I, I don't think it's as rewatchable as Ghost Protocol. I think Ghost Protocol is, is the f- more fun, the funner yes. of the two movies... But this one is, is uh, a lot more accomplished, I think. And I, I think if you're, you're, you're in it for the sort of characters and things like that, I think Rogue Nation does have the better stuff. Um, but, but Ghost Protocol has the British Khalifa, which, I mean, takes some beating. And spoilers, they actually kind of fucking do it, the Madman. Right. Okay. All out, Rob.
1: You are very glitchy. You are very glitchy.
0: Glitchy. 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 Life's a glitch. Indeed. Right, is that better? That is better. Okay.
1: Okay, so we we seamlessly move on to the final, as current, uh, the, the most recently released film. Seamlessly, most recently released film in the Mission Impossible franchise. Missed seamlessly as possible. For that. Seamlessly. Released in 2018, directed once again by Christopher McQuarrie, starring Tom Cruise, Henry Cavill, Ving Rhames, Simon Pegg, Rebecca Ferguson, Sean Harris, Angela Bassett, Michelle Monaghan and Alec Baldwin. The plot, from the back of the Blu-ray, hooray for physical media. Indeed. Some missions are not a choice. On a dangerous assignment to recover stolen plutonium, Ethan Hunt chooses to save his team over completing the mission, allowing nuclear weapons to fall into the hands of a deadly network of highly skilled operatives intent on destroying civilization. Now, with the world at risk, Ethan and his IMF team are forced to become reluctant partners with a hard-hitting CIA agent as they race against time to stop the nuclear fallout. There's never been a threat more destructive or stunts more jaw- jaw-dropping than in this film that critics are calling the best mission yet.
0: It's hard to argue. I mean, I I think this is my favourite because I imagine it's probably most people's favourite. It's fucking great. Yes, it's, it's the highest-grossing one as well. It, it,
1: it's, it's really, really good.
0: With Ghost Protocol and Rogue Nation, it almost feels like they're ramping up to this. In terms of in terms of the stance, in terms of the things, I mean, the halo jump alone is is insane. Like I've never seen anything like that in a movie. Like I've seen th- th- those, you know. I mean, you got that bit in Godzilla, I guess, but you know, that's that's all. Kind of, those kind of things are, you know, very very effects heavy. I mean, they just had to put a storm around tom cruise you know because he was jumping up it's insane and the fact that they can have those shots and again tom cruise he's he's a special kind of crazy and just harnessing it for these movies just absolutely works and i mean i love because of the character stuff beforehand you got cavill being um walker the cia agent sort of that because the cia don't trust imf
1: well he's a similar character to uh, jeremy renner from as as he's introduced in ghost protocol almost the kind oh, of the new, yeah. new new newbie on the team who you can't really trust but obviously he isn't one round in the end unlike brandt mm.
0: but i i love all that i love the sort of tension going into it i love the the kind of the characters that come through you know the Uh, Angela Bassett's character and I love Angela Bassett in this movie as I said Tom Cruise is the best special effect you can get those insane shots of him leaping out of a plane because he bloody did it numerous times which I think is is, you know something special
1: I think it's almost done in one take or it looks to be in one take
0: yeah I I think it was I think he did lots of jumps and they sort of stitched it together from that Uh, but yeah it just just all the way down to uh the party, and then it leads to the bathroom fight, which is possibly one of my favorite fights in action movies because, again, it's the character stuff, it, it's 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 Cavill being the blunt instrument. Yeah, you got the
1: famous bit of him and instantly giveable bit of him uh reloading his biceps. I love that, which apparently that was a uh. A... Improvisation, that wasn't a direction or anything, you just did it.
0: You, well, I can sort of see that, sort of shaking the adrenaline and everything. I mean, I think in the trailer they added a, a sort of reloading noise, which was ridiculous, but, you know. But you you have that whole thing where, where they're sort of, they think they've got John Lark, dude kind of manages to get free of that and start kicking their ass, and then fucking... Cavill just picks up the face mask making machine and cracks him in the face with it. <laughs> breaking it. Like it it's just it again, the character work is fucking fantastic. Then you have, you know, Cruz his his kind of fighting style, his kind of thing. And then you have Cavill's like where he kind of flips him through the bathroom mirror and things like that. Like it's such a brutal fight. And as I said, I I'm 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 going to go out on a limb here. One of my favourite bathroom fights <laughs> you know. Yeah. The one in Casino rail one is good too. And, and the raid as well, or the raid too. And the raid the top five bathroom fights in movies. We want them. We've got three of them, so we should need another two. Oh, snakes on a plane. Uh, the, yeah, that counts. Yeah. Um but did we? The listeners, not you. You are technically a listener. You're listening to me right now. That's true. Only oh. half listening. Yeah,
1: exactly. Well, before that, you've got the first mask use, and Benji finally gets a mask. Yes. Because this film's got full. Uh, this film's got quite a few fake outs, starting at the beginning where you think that because there's a plutonium deal that goes wrong, and they end up losing the plutonium, and then you're meant to think that. The, um, that they failed to the extent that the plutonium's been used then. And it's quite yeah, a, quite a dark way to open a film.
0: Yeah, and you've got Simon Pegg playing Wolf Blitzer. Playing Wolf Blitzer. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: I think. He's a dude disguised as a dude playing a dude. You have a a fake room set up with masks and everything like they have in the first one. Yeah. Um and again you got the sort of true believers who who believe that you know, the greater the suffering, the greater the peace. So you need to quell uh, all the wars that human beings have.
1: I think they play Glastonbury this year, John Locke and the Apostles.
0: <laughs> it is a very Glasto. I kind of think it does. Yeah. Yes. It. Yeah. It's a. It's a stark opening because you think, oh God, they've lost already. This was. This is whatever, but you know they're the IMF. You can't count them out, no matter how bleak the situation looks it's an effective opening i think this is the bleakest one of the uh of the series well definitely because you even have you even have um ethan's dream sequence where he's marrying julia and that reminded me of like Watchmen uh with with the nuclear blast happening and sort of vaporizing them but like speaking their marriage vows and then then the, the sort of vicar, the minister, he says, you know, will you put her in harm's way all the time and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, stop, please stop. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's creepy. It's, it's genuinely disquieting.
1: There's a story reason for bringing it, or like a um, sort of an overall story reason for bringing it back. And that apparently a lot of people after Rogue after Nation were a bit confused as to why there was meant to be a bit of chemistry between um, Ethan and Ilse. Because um, it wasn't, it wasn't 100 clear at the end of Rogue Nation that he was no longer with Julia. He was just looking after her.
2: Mm.
1: So it was almost like, well, you know, why is she on the scene when he's still married to Julia?
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he 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 worked out that the marriage thing wasn't wasn't compatible with IMF life. You know, um, in Ghost protocol so you know i mean yeah no it, it, and i and again michelle monaghan is awesome and uh she gets more to do in this because uh, spoilers she turns up later yes uh but but uh but yeah no just just everything about this it's the short it's doing it knows how to deliver the sort of jaw-dropping stuff and as i said the halo jump into the busy kind of like party slash rave scene into the bathroom fight where you have everything sort of converging and Ilsa, Ilsa makes yeah, a, yeah, yeah. It makes a fantastic appearance. I love the bit where, you know, I can't make a you know, face mask if I don't have a face. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's so dark. It's all fantastic stuff and you get the introduction of uh, Vanessa Kirby as, as White, well. Who's, who's, as White Widow, who's Max's daughter from the first film. Yeah, and she does seem like Vanessa Redgrave would be her mum. Yeah, it's interesting. Kind of like so, then Ethan has to just go as himself and just be and just hope, hope that John Locke hasn't met the way. Um, and again, that's sort of a hope and a prayer type deal. Well, hope is not a strategy, as they say. It was what Henry Cavill says yes
1: well exactly so the apparently the original plan for this or well, like that one of the first drafts was that he ethan would have to basically just do really horrific things to keep up the pretense of being john lark and it would almost well they, they got very close to that don't they yeah so when you've got the plot to break out um solomon lane um and you've got that fake out with him actually shooting a policeman and then he you know it's it's kind of it's his imagination, and then they do the real breakout. But still, that's a that's a hell of a scene.
0: Yeah, it is With that sort of rising tension in the music. And the... But the sort of trucks and everything, like like when they're, do you not get that? Yeah, no, I... yes, yeah, it, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: But then it's a good film yeah. to be. A little bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm I'm not saying like a, a it's a bad thing. I'm just saying that uh, sort of set up and and everything, and and yeah, then you have. Ethan just putting the pedal to the metal,
1: but the uh, so the the, act, the actual breakout
0: when he um went, I uh, like when you, uh, the, the
1: shot of Lane kind of in the truck while the water is going up the side or going up the side opposite him, looking like something from. Oh, inception. that's
0: amazing! Yeah, that it, it is. It is actually very Inception that bit. But no, I it, again this fucking movie, it's so good. A film on this many entries and and have told this many stories with with world ending consequences it shouldn't feel this fresh and this good but it does it's a pleasure to see certain characters return you know you you, you kind of feel like obviously a very very muted version but you know the sort of marvel thing where people are like, hey it's that person mission possible should get that Hey, it's elsa she's back <laughs> hey it's benji hey ving Rhames. you know I know his name is Luther, but it's big ring.
1: I think this is the first one in the series where the team is all, is one that's um, everyone in the team has been in the film before.
0: Yes, and it and it works well. It works really, really well.
1: So the chase through Paris is is
0: is good, um, and you've got the weird mirroring where
1: the uh, the bad guys shoot the police officer and almost in a mirrored version of the, of the fake up bit of of Ethan's imagination.
0: Yeah, well, exactly. I, I, and I think the fact that it takes its time with that, with the, uh, the female police officer and he's just like, just walk away. Just sweet desolate. Yeah. And then he's just sweet desolate. But that whole thing, again, some films wouldn't take their time on that bit, but this one does. And, uh, Again, it shows you that Ethan is a good guy. Well, you say that he then runs over Ilsa. He knew she'd be fine.
1: Which she kind of, which is you know, the opposite of what he did in uh, in Rogue Nation, where he sort of swerved and injured himself to avoid her because he's so he's so <laughs> yeah. determined with um, with Lane, like almost to the point of insanity.
0: Well, yeah, that's it. Like he is, you know, he was accused of being crazy uh, in in Rogue Nation. Now. I, He's he's almost let let the obsession get yeah. to him, almost. It's right up to the line. He knew she'd be fine though. She knows how to land. there's another great car chase from from Crystal McQuarrie. He does film yes. a good car chase. He does, and 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 it's just, again, it's just master craftsmen doing what they do best. It's a pleasure to watch. And and yeah, it has some of the some of the best sort of action sequences in general. I think in another movie that would be like the standout kind of thing, but because this is Mission Impossible Fallout and it has about five of those sequences, it sort of it gets lost in the shuffle a little bit compared to some of the other ones.
1: Speaking of Lost in the Shuffle, the Delivery Mecha Mission was a book.
0: It was, yes. Sticking with the analog technology. Yes, and it's a blood test. Mm. That's true. Although Which there is... was a fairly
1: easy code to uh, to
0: get the book in the first place. The warrior saying, "I am the story Yeah, I mean, I didn't
1: even know the poem, but I probably would have guessed that was the.
0: Uh, yeah. That was the answer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think I think you had to be there at a certain time as well, and in Belfast, any kind of thing. I think it wasn't just. The code phrase, and they were just like, "Yeah, it's definitely him." <laughs> and then it has the whole blood identification thing. Get the return of Hanley. I like Alan Baldwin. Yes, uh, that. Yeah, and it's it's good that he's on their side now, and and he gets to play the good guy rather than a sort of semi antagonist uh, for a bit, anyway. Because again. Secretaries and 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 higher ups and IMF they don't last, and, do uh,
1: they? Uh, he asked to. They asked me if he come back, and he said only if I can die saving Ethan Hunt.
0: Oh well, if it was on his own terms, then I have no problem with it. Yeah, I was genuinely gutted when uh, when he gets taken out because it's just uh, it, we finally had the team. And, uh, but then I guess women feel like that you know we're, we've been manipulated so so yeah Hunley comes good and 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 yeah and he does he does save them so good on Hunley and then a foot chase through London which is where he uh, broke his his
1: ankle wasn't it I think
0: yeah the two gags that you have with Benji looking at the sort of tablet yes he knows the same gag, but, but both. Yeah, three. but just he had it. He had it locked, in, and then then he didn't have it in three D. And, and yeah, it's the same gag, but it works. Yeah. it just oh,
1: it's and, so and, good. And the cat too. Why is he running in circles?
0: Because he's going up the spiral staircase. Yeah, it uh, that whole that whole sequence is fucking fantastic as well. It just that that's the thing, like. There are so many things that I, I properly love and, and kind of leading into that sequence, you've got the revelation that Henry Cavill actually might not be a good guy.
1: But he seemed like such an outstanding character, what with his evil guy moustache and the fact that he was always evil and whenever Solomon Lane was mentioned, to cut to him looking shifty. Yeah, I know, but st-
0: still, you didn't know his
1: level of involvement in the whole thing. I think it is, no, I think it is signposted throughout, though. It's not, it's not like it's a rug pull. It is because there's the bit where he gives, you know, the film tells you when he gives uh, Angela Bassett the phone. Yes. I think this is the film work, because he's the one who says, about How many times has, uh, has his country turned against Ethan?
0: Oh, yeah, again, they, 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 there's, a, there's a kernel of, of a good point there. And, and, and him, I, I love the sort of revelation when he's talking to, in massive air quotes, Solomon Lane. Oh, uh, but the the actual thing when Benji is slightly protesting that he has to that he has to impersonate Solomon Lane, and you cut something thing, and he gesticulates at himself, and then Simon Pegg, like as in I can't do it, but <laughs> <laughs> you know the masks aren't magic. But yeah, you have you have that whole uh, which is played perfectly, just perfectly, the um, thing where he talks about. Uh, Angela, what is her name? Angela Bassett, but what's her character? I don't name? know. I can't remember, but it's Angela Bassett. She's awesome. But, you know, she says, uh, "Dress up in masks like how Halloween. Oh, you yes.
1: And, the, yeah.
0: and as he says that, how? and then suddenly it dawns on him. But how could Sean Harris do? Because Sean Harris is pretending to be Simon Pegg, pretending okay? to be Sean Harris. Yeah, yeah, does a good job as yeah. well. That whole thing is just delicious. It's also the first uh, F bomb in a uh, Mission Impossible film. Yeah, careful, to say
1: it. Why do you have to make it so flapjack and complicated?
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't think he was intentionally quoting Avril Lavigne. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it, it's it's funny because there are there are action sequences I absolutely love in this movie, but I love the sort of run up to them as well. Yeah and and all the stuff beforehand the 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 revelation the realization that he that you know actually he's John mark and and he's a bad guy and Ethan needs to chase him across London now is oh, so good. And then he threatens his wife just by putting uh, the
1: uh, or his, his ex-wife just for putting her picture when, it, when Ethan's hanging on the bottom of the elevator or lift and yeah. you know he can't do anything about it except no. just stare at the picture it, He's, he's a really good... Yeah. Yeah, both him, both uh, Henry Cavill and uh, Sean Harris are great villains in this for different reasons. It's nice to see that by yeah, like this point, uh, Ethan has got under Solomon's skin as much as he's under his.
0: Yeah, definitely. And yeah, they, they go to the Tate Modern, don't hmm. they? They made the climate, yeah, thing there. But uh, yes, and, and the, you know, the story um, and footage of Tom Cruise doing one of the many jumps he does from building to building in London, and and breaking his ankle, and and then carrying on, pulling himself up and carrying on. Yeah, I mean the footage is meant to be in the film, uh, isn't it? It those yeah those two yeah. kind of shots, like the profile and him limping uh, off, and the sort of uh, are still in the film. Yeah, crazy bastard, but you know, dedicated. You got to respect yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. That whole thing, and then I think it would run out of steam once they go from London. And there is a slowdown for a little bit. Well, that's so Luther can explain to
1: Ilsa about who Julia is and the importance of Julia yeah. and the importance of Ilsa by saying that Ethan's only loved two women and one was his wife and one is him.
0: Yeah. And, and we said before that Rogue Nation was the Benji showcase. Yeah. This one is the Luther yeah. showcase. Yeah. I, it, again, Ving Rhames. I think his series best performance. Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. He's he's
1: really got the sort of wise elder person, like almost oh, raining in Ethan it, it, where he needs to, and sort of dispensing wisdom. Yeah,
0: yeah. And then then they go to uh, Kashmir. Yeah, New Zealand doubling in for Kashmir. Yes. It's
1: New Zealand because that was the only place that would let them fly the helicopters like that. <laughs> yeah,
0: I know what <laughs> this. This is the thing. It's like. What place is insane enough to let Tom Cruise do all the crazy things he wants to do? Oh, okay, New Zealand, cool. Let's let's go for it. But, yeah, the bit where he sees Julia and Julia's husband. Oh, that's heartbreaking. And it's Wes Bentley is playing the husband, and Wes Bentley radiates douche energy. Well, he did, he, he, he's he, doing a re- like he's putting out. All, the, all of them are putting
1: in a great performance at that point. Like everyone, kind yeah. of everyone like you know the IMF team sort of froze in. What we're we doing, Ethan, where you can see it sort of play out on his face, Julia as well, and uh, yeah, Julia's husband is kind of like, obviously, he knows that this is the guy from her past, and is it a threat? Whatsoever? It's fantastic.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. And that's the thing, it, it, Wes Bentley is just a nice guy yeah. in this. Yeah, But Jesus Christ, do you hate him? I don't think he a little I don't bit?
1: know. I don't think you do, because I think, like, he.
0: Well, you hate the situation, yeah. you hate the kind of. Maybe, and he just happens to be an obstacle between Ethan and Julia, even though it didn't work anyway. You still, you still want them to be together. You still, I, I, I was still pulling for them. I said, because they, 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 they think every- oh, not he care for I
1: know, I think he cares for her, and I think,
0: yeah, but maybe not to get together romantically, but just to be together and just hang out and chat, you know. I don't know. I don't know. The heart wants what it wants, Rob. I don't know what I want from them, but I want them to be together and have coffee and have a lovely time. Is that too much to ask? Yes, because while this is going on, the bombs are nearby. They can't stop the coffee. They've got to find a bomb. They do. And leads to one of my favourite little scenes, in fact, when Luther is defusing or half diffusing the pair of bombs but he's he's defusing the one nuke and Julia stumbles across him Julia helps out and yeah. and it was just like Ethan is on the comms and I don't think or be- I can't remember if it's Ethan or Benji because Ethan might be doing helicopter stuff by then but they're just like get her out of there and lose her, and I love the way he delivers it as well like where's she going to go yeah it's it's, it's Benji's the one saying get her out of there but you sort of, as you're saying, it being
1: the Luther show, because you, you, he explains to Ilsa that he taught Julia how to be a ghost. So there's more of a connection between Luther and Julia than there is between Benji and Julia.
0: Because also Benji thought that yeah. Julia was dead. Yes, true. Thank you. Um, so yes, yeah, so then then they've got then they're diffusing the nuke together, and she she is kind of making sure that. The stuff Luther is telling her, like she she's double checking and triple checking. And you even have that whole thing where Ilsa says, Oh, I like her. Yes. Which is great. And and I I love that scene so much because it speaks of the history between the two characters. It shows you Ilsa actually liking her rather than just being like, Oh, so this is the ex yeah. or whatever. You know, they they're they're way too adult for all that, that crap. This is you know, they're they're all pulling together to fucking try and save the world and it's brilliant. And uh, and yeah, and then Ethan is off doing some fucking mad shit because that's what he does. And he works it out as it goes along. And, you know, Tom Cruise flying a helicopter. Actually flying a helicopter. Actually flying a helicopter as well. I mean, again, Jesus Christ. Insane man that he is. And Henry Cavill in the other one and uh, an amazing chase sequence. Yeah. And uh, you know, the fact that Ethan grabs onto a rope hanging from a helicopter, which we've seen, we've seen in other movies, we've seen the kind of thing, but it, it because, you know, it's Tom Cruise and because, you know, there are minimal safety things. I mean, obviously there are wires and things that see dried out, but like the sense of danger is palpable. Yeah. Particularly when he falls down the payload and grabs onto it and has to yeah, back up that's, again. That's terrifying.
1: Also, because you've got the time pressure as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, that's the thing. A nuke is going to go off. He needs to get the detonator. So, so yeah, you've got, and I uh, like the two helicopter uh, pilots or the pilot and the co-pilot or whatever, like feeling uh, Ethan drop off the payload and, like, land back on it because it clearly shakes the helicopter yeah. and they look down like, oh, Christ, but then it gets back up and, and Yeah and then then is teaching himself how to fly the helicopter <laughs> as he's doing it you know kind of like okay that's the that's, that's the engine that's okay what well, how do i release the payload <laughs> and then luckily there happens to be a payload sticker on the uh on the uh the flight stick but again he finds a way to try and weaponize that and ah oh, it's it's all brilliant i love the fact that doesn't he say, doesn't he, he, he has like a, a kiss offline, like hold this for me, will you? Or something like that. When he's above Walker's helicopter. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, and doesn't it doesn't work. Yeah. But then, but I like the fact that he doesn't, he doesn't get his kind of like, you know, cool action guy thing. It just, it carries on. And, and then Walker's like, get up there. And then I love, uh, Ethan, because I was feeling at this moment I was so involved in it, I remember seeing it at the cinema, I remember it, and he was just like yeah, that's right, prick yeah. and I, I felt every single syllable of that, I was like are you fucking telling me, he is a prick and he's got a stupid moustache and I hate him and then, you know, it gets even more dangerous, Walker busts out a, a light machine gun with tracer rounds and starts firing, It's it, it's all all so, so good Again, a masterful sequence, and that's intercut with uh Ilsa and Benji taking on Solomon Lane, yeah. which is another very tense sequence. Is uh Benji sort of being hung, hanged, hung, yeah, hanged, yeah, yeah, a, a very, very well choreographed sequence. and I love that Ilsa has that sort of move where she she kind of gets up on their shoulders, the sort of almost Hurricane Rana type deal. That's her. Yeah. You, yeah. you know how how black widow in in the Marvel movies has some signature sort of fighting moves. ilsa has some yeah. as well, and it seems to be just taking out the the uh the vertical base uh but Lane is very familiar with ilsa so he knows her moves and uh and yeah i'd say he can he can he can go well, i suppose cause
1: in, in the previous one they sort of say that he's you know ex almost the british equivalent of, of IMF so he he was a, mm-hmm. an agent himself so i guess he would be but pretty skilled at fighting
0: yeah but you still don't especially cuz he's got like a sort of like big old beard yeah a great big bushy beard <laughs> um and and all that you kind of think oh he's he's kind of just like a he's just a crazy villain now that's that's all the kind of thing no 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 he can still go and he can he can still fuck you up and yeah the 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 sort of the multiple kind of climaxes leading to to the, the new, hopefully being disarmed. I mean, it's, it's masterful stuff, man. I mean, I, I can't praise this film enough. I fucking love it. Really, truly. And, and they have the the helicopter crash yeah, and the then fight, the fight. Yeah. That fight that gets to go on for eight, Like,
1: got go on for ages and they kind of, you just, again, you've got the time pressure. So it's like there's minutes left
0: and it's still just slugging it out. Then a hook to the face yeah. of Henry Cavill. Yeah. Wait well, first he gets like piping hot like oh, yeah, yeah, helicopter fluid. Yeah. Whatever the fuck that is. Actually, it, was it looks nasty. Doesn't look fun. No. Yeah. Um and yes, and then a, a nasty hook to the face. And that's the thing. I remembered how he died before re watching this movie. Yeah. Whereas with Philip Fior Hoffman, I was kinda like, What? But no, Henry Cavill, I was like, Oh yeah, no, he gets a <laughs> he gets a hook to the face and the helicopter crashes around him. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so, so yeah, I, and it's such a fantastic uh, performance by Cavill as well. I hmm. mean, it, I mean, I don't know how the dude can still, you know, like the dude was Superman and he still didn't feel like he left too much of an impact on on kind of things. But now he's been in like Mission Impossible and he's Geralt the Witcher and and shit like that. Like if it, it, and I I truly feel that this was like a a kind of like a proper performance. If if you were not sold on Henry Cavill before, watch him in Fallout because he's yeah, fucking yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's interesting from a, I guess from a story point of view that um, Solomon Lane wanted to was was prepared to die, and they ended up making him live. And uh, Walker was you know trying to fly and get away and carry on and ended up dying.
0: Mm. Yeah. Uh, and we even have a fake out with the with the news.
1: I know that's so that's so clever. In, in, there's, yeah. a, there's a lot of fake outs in this show, I think more so than the others. I mean different to the mask pulls of which there were two. Um but I I'm not irritated by by them. You some, sometimes no. when there's loads of uh, what, uh, what's the there's a Danny Boyle film? Um Trance where it's there's so many different oh no it's not what you think it is it's not what you think it is that by the end just oh
0: yeah and then you just you just get to a point where you just kind of numb you're just like well i'm not going to trust anything yeah. it's like i was saying with the sort of mask rips yes. and yes yeah it was like yeah, yeah. you know people aren't who they say no. they are so fuck it why am i getting involved but in this you i
1: think you've got about three because you've got the initial fallout of the initial explosion at the beginning you've got the uh the breaking out lane where ethan breaks back and kills the cop which is yeah a dream and then you've got the uh at the end where it sort of cuts to white. And, yes. and, and there's a cloud in the distance as well, but it's just a storm cloud. <laughs>
0: no, you think maybe, just maybe yeah. this time. Because Ethan would have been all right. Get her it's town. just everybody cared about would have gone. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's fucking masterful. And I, I love the sequence after that, where he's been picked up. Because clearly, he's a bloody a broken he, he man. He looks knackered, like shattered, like really done in, yeah. in this one, more so than the others.
1: Including Mission Hospital 3 where he sort of died or had to electrocute himself.
0: Yes. Yeah, true. True. In fact, yeah, that's a good point. And yeah, when he's on the sort of hospital gurney and he has the conversation with Julia and he's like, I'm sorry for everything. And she was like, no, I'm doing what I want to do. Yeah. It's because of you. And I I thought that was lovely. And then the rest of them coming in and uh, it it did it. (laughs)
1: It, it is I think anyone in a, a hospital
0: brain. bed where walks in one if yeah. it is a bit Frodo. Yeah, it is a little bit. Benji asks how close they were and he said the usual and whatever and, and Ilsa being there and, and, you know, possibility of a proper relationship between them now and then when he, when he finally says don't make me laugh because he's clearly in a lot yeah. of pain and, and the film ends there. It's, it, it, oh, again... I mean, have I, have I, have I expressed how good this movie is yet? It's fantastic. Sure it, it, it's brilliant. Yeah.
1: i definitely put it in the, uh, the Rob 100. <laughs> yeah. I'll put it in the top 20 yeah. of the Rob 100. It's, it's a fantastic action film. And I was sort of thinking brilliant. this, you asked earlier, um, about what I thought of, um, Top Gun Maverick. And, mm. you know, I, I I love the Marvel films. And I love films like that, you know, which are CGI heavy, but sometimes it is nice to watch an action film. that's almost, almost a bit more grown up. Yeah. And the, the, I put, you Maverick know, Top this in that kind of category that both of which, you know, Stine and John Cruise, this, it, but this is fantastic. Um, I think I, I'd, I I'd, I'd happily, you know, watch the three named films um, again and again and again.
0: mm well, it sounds like we're circling around to the bucket list. Well, firstly, do you have franchise fatigue? Oh, fuck no. You kidding? I can't wait for Dead Reckoning. I watched the trailer again today. Me too. That does look because excellent. It does. and And what I like about it is that it doesn't really tell you much of the plot. No. It's just got the music and the action stuff. It's just like, you know what you're coming here to see. We're going to deliver it. Check it out. I think Lon doing the and, music again, which he did for Fallout. And he's uh, he did an excellent job. Yeah,
1: he's fantastic.
0: Yeah. So see, because that was the thing we were maybe chatting about the trailer, but there's not there's not much to chat about yeah. in the trailer. It's just flashes of action and uh, I mean Hayley Atwell's in there and I love her. She's brilliant and she uh, do that. i like
1: him.
0: Yeah and we got fucking Kittredge returning. Yeah, he sort of we, implies he's a bad guy, but he wasn't in the first one. You thought he was, but then he wasn't. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, because he says you need to pick a side, but I think that's just like... And then talks about the greater good. The greater good. Yeah, the greater good. It's the <laughs> second hot fuzz <laughs> reference we've had. We'll see. I think that, that may be a, a slight red herring. I think he is a good guy. I hope he's a good guy, because Kittredge was fun. So, yeah, no, of course I don't have franchise fatigue. I it, I mean, I think they've pretty much said that Dead Reckoning Parts 1 and 2 are the farewell to Ethan, Ethan yeah, Hunt. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, Tom Cruise to 60 now. It, it's probably, I mean, Christ, I've seen... I've seen what happens when you have, like, a franchise movie where the actor just sort of almost ages out of the park. Yes. I've seen the latter Roger Moore, James yeah. Bond movie. Where yeah. He has to have a stunt double for fucking everything, for walking up some stairs. So, you know, I I, I get it. Um, it's a shame, but then, you know, I'm sure they'll fucking reboot it. Hey, maybe it's it's Renner's time to try. That's you know? Mind true. You know? He's, he's getting long in the tooth as well. Well, I don't know. Is he? P- he looks p- good. P- 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 Tarnak is in. He can, he yeah. can carry on all the franchises. This Wolverine <laughs> Bond. Yeah. No, not Bond. Not Bond. He can stay away from Bond. He's too common. He's not. <laughs> he just plays common. Yeah. I, I, no, I don't have franchise fatigue. I would. I, they've been. It, somehow, it's just got better and better and it's better. Definitely got better and better uh, and better.
1: I think if it stopped after the third one. First of all I think we'd have been doing this. Now we'd be doing it when we kind of had run out of films to talk about.
0: I think um, it would have been like a backup one, wouldn't yeah. it? We'd like maybe we're waiting for a certain franchise to get on a streaming service, and so it's just like maybe Mission Impossible one to three because yeah. they're sort of a bit weird. Because, but yeah,
1: I I can I, I, I I'm very fond of two, but I think that's more for sentimental reasons. Um, but I could sort of I think if. It, if the most if it was after three, I don't think I'd have. I think I'd be like, yeah, well, he's making the main one but I'm not I'm bothered. But the named ones are amazing. Mm. So shall we do the bucket list?
0: Yes. Okay, so Mission Impossible Two is number one. <laughs> it's of course it's not. I I I would in some sort of bizarro way. I kind of wish I could put that there because it doesn't get any love, but. As and and but knowing that you like it as well in the same way that I do makes me happy. And I, I'm just kind of like okay, I've got someone else out there who who sees it the same way I do. So it's not a good movie. When we were talking uh, off mic,
1: you were saying that you weren't um, completely set on your order. I, I I I went into this I think knowing what my order was, and I'm fairly sure I stuck to it. Okay, well go on, hit me with it then. Well, my least favorite is Mission Impossible 3, Mm -hmm. uh, followed by Mission Impossible, then Mission Impossible 2, then Rogue Nation, then Ghost Protocol, and obviously Fallout is the best one. That happens to be my list as well. Interesting. So the official Popcorn Bucket Podcast bucket list of the Mission Impossible films is Mission Impossible Fallout, followed by Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, Mission Impossible 2, Mission Impossible, and Mission Impossible 3. Which also happens to be the box office order of, of, of the amount of
0: money they made. Well, we're nothing but a populist podcast, <laughs> so, you know, we we just we just follow the money, dude. That's that's what we do. We want to appeal to as wide an audience as possible, so we looked at the box office takings and thought, yeah, let's do it that way. But Four a, a great film, anyway. It is, it is, and and. Uh, yeah, yes, I'm glad because that was the thing. I was like, do I put Mission Impossible three at the bottom, even though it has some things I like, but it's because it's kind of blah. Yeah, and I, I think, I think that's that's the reason. The Mission Impossible the first one surprised me uh, a little well, bit. Well, that's and kind of it, of its era in yeah. of that sort
1: of early nineties. It's it's much slower. I know, you know, and obviously it has the um, it's got some of the most memorable things from the franchise, particularly the the jump and hang. Um, and the helicopter in the tunnel, and the you know um, the lift death, and few you, you you've never mm. seen me very upset. Mission Impossible Two is also always era that era being sort of the early two thousands dude rock, and Mission Impossible Three just kind of feels a bit because I think you'd you'd had
0: Casino Royale by this point. It yeah. Sort of, it feels a bit almost like treading water. Even though it has like probably the uh, second only to Solomon Lane as a decent bad guy, like yeah film often fucking rocks it in that movie and there are so many g- good bits but it's just it's just not it, it, like mission impossible 2 i've seen a bunch mission impossible 3 i just i i don't really feel like putting it on and watching it yeah and the same with the first one i'm just kind of like there are better yeah. examples of the whole mission impossible fun thing. yes um and and that's that's kind of where i came at it from. I'm I'm glad we agree on this one, dude. This is uh yeah, fantastic. Oh, that's pleasing. I
1: couldn't I think it's possibly the first time we've ever had complete the same order.
0: Um I don't think it is actually. Well oh, maybe not. But... I suppose on some of the ones where it's like oh, three we, films. It's many entries yeah. I think it is. So uh so yeah. Fantastic. Well yeah, can't wait for Dead Reckoning. A whole year to wait. I know. That's
1: We'll have to come back and revisit this when this when uh parts yeah. part
0: two is released. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Add those two back in because they yeah. I I I love this franchise. Yeah. It got so good. <laughs> so cool. All right then Bud, well I think it's we just
1: have to say goodbye now. Okay. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for your time and thank you very much for listening. We'd love to have your feedback. Please email podcast at the you can find us on Instagram at PopcornBucketPod or over on Twitter at PopcornBucketPD. Thank you so much to Lauren Owen of LongCat Media for the theme music. If you're able to, it'd be great if you can rate the episode wherever you listen to your podcast and subscribe and share. Many thanks, take care, and see you next episode. What he said. Ta-da!